Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always great to be together, especially if you're checking us out. I want to encourage you to scan the QR code. The QR code will allow you to make a connection with us. It'll also allow you to discover more about who we are as a church, our vision, our values, and things like that. We say this all the time, but we also understand that a lot of people like to watch from the back row, which means they want as little human contact as possible. And if that happens to be you, we understand. And when you're ready for human contact, QR code is probably the best way. Also want to remind you, all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of and you'll find us there if that is a platform that is more convenient for you. All right, before we get into the talk, let's pray together. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And I just want to encourage you to open your heart to God today. Father, we come to you and you, again, you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know us intimately, you know our thoughts. Father, today I ask that you would step into the chaos, the hurts, the anguish, the worries, anxiety, to all of the things that make up our lives. Father, that you would give us faith and build faith. Father, that your spirit would instill within us love and joy and peace and patience for the day ahead of us, for the week ahead of us, for the life ahead of us. Father, I just thank you because I know that you're with us today and I know that you care about each one of us. So today... We just surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our lives to you. We ask that you be glorified in and through us. And Father, help us to have a great connection with you. Help our minds to be stayed on you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before we get into the talk, just a reminder that we are in our first week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you have not participated yet, it's not too late. We encourage you to step in. It's a great opportunity to connect with God and disconnect from the world. Also, if you want more information about fasting and, and what it means and why it's so important, you can watch our talk a couple of weeks ago, or you can also go to our resources page on our website, fresnoquest.com, and you will find on the resource page a, a brochure about fasting and why it's so important and some information about that. So we encourage you to participate. It's a great opportunity. Well, we are in week number three of our series entitled Ducks in a Row. And when I talk about ducks in a row, what I'm talking about is establishing our right priorities for a desired outcome. It's prioritizing the little things that are necessary that help us accomplish the main thing or the big thing. We're establishing little priorities so that God becomes the priority in our life. I know this, that God has great things that he has in store for you. Great things that he wants to accomplish in your life. And the scripture reminds us in Romans 12 too, it says this, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond. That scripture speaks to our priorities. It reminds us of something that we need to write down and that's this. We form our priorities and then our priorities form us. The priorities that we establish in our lives shape us, whether they're good or bad. See, as we look at important priorities that we need to establish in life, we talked in the first week about prayer and fasting and how important that priority is. We also talked last week about putting God first. And the priority we're going to look at today is another really important one that I think people have a tendency to neglect, and that is this. We need to prioritize our thoughts. See, when it comes to our thoughts, I want you to write this down if you would. What consumes our mind controls our life. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. A psychological study shows us Relational challenges, eating disorders, addiction, some forms of anxiety, all are a result of toxic thinking. 
See, wrong thinking affects our lives. Listen to what Ecclesiastes says. It says, wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. The life that you and I have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. And what we think determines who we become. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think you can, you probably will. If you dwell on problems, they're going to overwhelm you. If you seek for solutions, you're going to find some. If you feel like a victim, you're going to become one. And if you believe you can overcome through Christ, then you can. See, what we allow in our mind comes out through our life. We can't have a positive life with negative thoughts. I just read Romans 12 too, the first part of it. And I want to read the second part of that scripture because it gives us some great insight into this issue of our thoughts. And it says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think. And what that's telling us is this. You can write it down. The leadership of our life establishes the thoughts of our life. The leadership that we surrender to will establish the thoughts that direct our lives, that lead us. When God is the authority in our life, the leadership of our lives, He's going to establish the thoughts in our lives. Listen to Romans 8. It says this, If you're dominated by the sinful nature, you will think about sinful things. But if you're controlled, surrendered, by the Holy Spirit, you will think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The leadership of our lives establishes the thoughts of our life. Again, so let God establish those thoughts in your life. Listen, we may want our lives to change. We may want to experience a changed life. But our lives don't change until our thinking changes. That's why God needs to be a part of establishing the right thought life in us. The reason this issue of our thoughts is so important is this. You can write it down. Thoughts are the seeds that we allow to grow and become the timbers that we build our lives on. Our thinking is the substance that we use to build our lives on. Every action in your life begins with a thought. See, what we nurture in our minds becomes the structure of our lives. In other words, you can't have a positive life while you're nurturing negative thoughts. You can't have a healthy life while you're nurturing unhealthy thoughts. You can't have a godly life when you're nurturing ungodly thoughts. Just remember that our lives follow the direction of our strongest thoughts. That's how important our thought life is. Proverbs tells us this. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Our thought life needs to be surrendered to God, established by God. So when we reorder the priorities of our life, when we change the leadership of our lives, what happens is this, you can write it down, we guard against anxious thoughts in our life. We don't just allow them, we guard against them. Worry has a way of creeping into our lives. It, it creates scenarios in our life, in our future, that look like God is absent. It's their thoughts of absence of God's power and God's presence in our life. But worry is not the only issue we deal with when it comes to our thought life. See, also when we reorder our thought life, something else you can write down, we guard against destructive thoughts in our life. And I understand that some people deal with this more than others, but I also know that this is something that we all have to guard against in our lives because destructive thoughts can take over our lives. While anxious thoughts 
reflect the fear in our lives. Destructive thoughts reflect the lies that we believed as truth. There are many types of destructive thoughts. One of them is this, you can write it down, thoughts that tempt us. We all are suspect to temptation. We all experience temptation in life. Temptation is not a sin. It's what we do with the temptation that leads us to sin. If you're looking at a definition, I want you to look at this. It says this, temptation is an enticement to do something that compromises or leads us away from what is good. Another definition is temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. See, temptation is influenced by many things. The world we live in, the enemy that we live with, even our old nature within us. All of these are contributors to the temptations that we face. Remember, James says this, he says, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Listen, the longer that we harbor temptation, the longer we nurture the thoughts that lead us to temptation. And the more likely it is that we're going to give in to temptation. I said this just a minute ago, but destructive thoughts reflect the lies that we believe as truth. And here's the lie of temptation. You can write it down. The lie of temptation that we buy into is what tempts me is better than what God has for me. What tempts me is better than what God wants for me. We would never say that what we want is better than what God has for us. But the fact that we want something more than what God has for us shows that we believe it. Again, our lives are focused on the direction of our strongest thoughts. So when our thoughts are fixed on temptation, the direction of temptation leads us away from God, not closer to God. Another type of destructive thought is this, thoughts that belittle me. Sometimes it's our hurts from the past, our history, maybe hang-ups. Maybe it's things that people have said to us about us. Maybe we feel that we have let others down in our past so that we let ourselves down. Worse yet, we've let God down. And all of that affects how we think about ourselves. The thoughts that we have about ourselves becomes the message that we continually tell ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't have what it takes. Even I can't do what God wants me to do. All these are destructive thought patterns that we have about ourselves. We have this tendency to put ourselves down, to think the worst about ourselves. We trivialize and even minimize ourselves. And the lie that we believe about ourselves shapes our thoughts. And the lie of degrading ourselves that we buy into is this. God's love and grace to me is not enough for me. We don't say that, but again, the fact that we belittle ourselves shows that we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. We don't allow God's love and grace to define us, to change how we see ourselves. Remember, God's grace is God's love to us that we don't deserve. His forgiveness to us, His plans for our lives, His value that He places on your life is a reflection of God's grace. When we allow destructive thinking, we define our value rather than letting God define our value. God says this about you. It's found in Ephesians. It says, For you are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so that you can do good things that He planned for you long ago. Another scripture says this, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. We have to be careful about how we think about ourselves. 
We can't allow our thoughts about ourselves to contradict God's thoughts about us. One last type of destructive thought pattern is this, you can write down, thoughts about God that deceive us. See, whether it's the enemy or the culture that is governed by the enemy that we live in, this is a huge area of concern that brings destructive thoughts into our lives. Lies that we have believed about God destroy our faith in God. You know that the enemy seeks to sabotage your faith in God, to undermine and weaken your connection with God. So you can write this down too. The thoughts that we nurture about God become the truths that we use to define God. Man, that's such a huge point. Thoughts like, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't love me. God can't use me. God can't forgive me. God is only good to me when things are going well for me. When we experience deceived thoughts about God, it changes how we see God. It changes our faith in God. It undermines the character of God, the faithfulness of God, and reinforces the lies of the enemy. What it does is it creates a distorted view of God and in turn creates a distorted view of our lives. If God didn't answer a prayer from your past, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you or he doesn't care for you or that he doesn't care about what's going on in your life. It only means that we don't always understand what God is up to. We don't yet see the full picture of what God is doing. When we buy into these lies of deception about God, here's what we're saying, that God and his word cannot be trusted. We actually come to believe that all of the things to put our trust in, God and his word are not the most reliable. Life is full of curveballs. Things in life happen that we don't understand. Things that don't make sense. And when we don't understand it, what happens is we tend to doubt God in the areas of our lives that we don't understand his activity in our lives. But then that doubt that we carry about God redefines who God is to us. It doesn't strengthen him. It weakens him. I think a great question that we need to ask ourselves is this. Are your thoughts about God defined by God? Or are they defined by you? Scripture says this. God is not man that he should lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? It's a rhetorical question. Of course God is faithful. And what God says about himself is always true. Listen, when we believe that God and his word can't be trusted, we will nurture destructive thought patterns about God. We're in a very real battle and our mind is the battleground. See, not only that, our thoughts determine the battles that we win and lose. That's why God-shaped thoughts are so important to us. Think about this in your own life. Can you be free from addictions in your life currently? Or is it a hopeless case? Do you have to live by fear because you can't help it? Or can you live by faith? Does God want to use you or is he done with you? Is what God is asking of you, is that too much for you? Is being a fully devoted follower of Christ something that is too difficult for you? Something that is impossible for you? See, the outcome to those questions has already been decided in your mind. If you think you can't, you won't even try. The battle is already over. So the scripture tells us how to deal with destructive thought patterns in our lives. How to engage the battle, not just engage, but how to win. And it says it this way. 
The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's something I want you to write down, and that's this. A stronghold is a wrong thought pattern. It's a lie that we believe as truth. And God's power demolishes these strongholds. God's power demolishes these thought patterns in our lives. But we have to take every thought captive, every pretense that sets itself up against God and what he can do, what he says is true, what he says he can do for you. We make our thoughts obedient to Christ. We make our thoughts conform to the word of God. This new authority, this new leadership in our life. In other words, we're creating new pathways of thinking, new truths to live by. We're letting God's truths renew our minds. So how do we deal with these strongholds in our lives? Well, the first thing you can write down is this. We need to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding us back. What is the lie that you have believed? What is the lie that has kept you from experiencing God in your life? What is the lie that has kept you from faith in God, that's kept you from trusting God? See, it's either truth or trash. And it's trash when we buy into these destructive thought patterns. For many of us, it's time to take out the trash. We need to identify the stronghold. We need to name it. In fact, something you could write down is this. We can't defeat what we can't define. And in this, we need to ask God for help. Like David said, look deep into my heart, God, and find out everything that I'm thinking. Don't let me follow evil ways or destructive ways, but lead me in the way that time has proven true. We need to ask God, Father, what are the lies that I've believed? Expose them to me. Show me the lies that I have believed. Also, when we're dealing with strongholds, you can write this down. Identify the truth that demolishes the stronghold. It's not just about identifying the stronghold. It's about identifying the truth in God's word that demolishes the stronghold. What scriptural truth corrects the lie that you have believed? What scripture exposes the lie that you have believed? What scripture contradicts the lie that you have bought into? Find it, write it down, memorize it, think it, say it until you believe it. Replace the lie in your life with God's truth. Jesus said it this way. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, truth is not just a principle. It's a person. Jesus is the truth. See, we're not being exposed to the truth when we're holding on to a lie that we believe. We need to believe the truth. We need to act on the truth. Hold on to the truth. Think about this truth. I would encourage you to allow God's word to change what you believe is true. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is God's truth. And that is the truth that we establish in our life. And this truth has to carry more weight than our feelings. I would even say, let the truth of God's word change your feelings. Let the truth of God's word be a thermostat for your emotions. I want to encourage you to create new thought pathways that change the way that you think. Just remember, destructive thoughts can destroy you and the truth can set you free. The truth can heal your hurts. The truth can rebuild your life. The truth establishes strength in your life. 
and the truth establishes God in your life. It's these ducks in a row that are so important that get, make God a priority in our lives. Govern the thoughts of your mind. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And Father, there are some that um, their thoughts are just about sinful things. Their thoughts are not about you because they've not surrendered themselves to you. And uh, Father, I just ask that as you speak to their hearts, that you would open their hearts to surrender themselves to you. Father, that they would invite you in to clean house, that they would invite you in to reestablish their lives, to reprioritize their lives, to make you the center of their lives. Father, I ask that you would help them today in doing that. Father, that in doing that, that you would change their thoughts as well, that you would reestablish your truth in their lives. Father, help all of us in this area. Father, help us not to neglect our thought life, but Father, help us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, to your word for our lives. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I say this all the time. This is about success and failures. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed. There's going to be a tension of, that you live in. And I want to encourage you to live in that tension. I want to encourage you that you would, when you recognize that your thoughts are negative and destructive, that you would take them captive, that you would change them, that you would not allow destructive thoughts to rule your life, but you would allow God's truth to rule your thoughts and thus rule the direction of your life. I know you can do it. I want to encourage you to engage in this commitment with God because these thoughts in our lives that we've allowed, these destructive patterns have been active for a very long time. It's going to take time for those thoughts to be corrected. Let me just encourage you before we leave, and that is get in a connection group, get in a community of believers, get in a small group of people that will lead you, pray with you, support you, encourage you, that they will love you and they will help you in your journey, in your walk with God. If you don't have a connection group and you go to the quest, I want to encourage you to scan the QR code. QR code will give you information about our connection groups. We would love for you to participate in one. We know how important they are. I also want to thank you guys for your financial gifts. Thank you for giving to the Quest and supporting the Quest financially because every church, including ours, needs the financial support to do what God's asked us to do. You are the means that allow us to carry out God's vision, God's plan for the Quest. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. Again, if you have any needs in your life, if you want someone to pray with you, scan the QR code. We would love to connect with you. We would love to pray with you. We love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you again for making us a part of your day. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.